There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got some great stories, and our first story of the day is from Jow97. Don't just sit in the van. A fairly simple one from yesterday and today's ongoing heat wave here in the UK. Decided to spend the day sat in the work van idling with the AC running to keep cool as our office is, like most UK buildings, massively under-equipped to deal with the heat. I got a phone call from the boss as someone had mentioned I was outside in the van. Funny enough, the boss is off-site the next two days working from home. They say, OP, what are you doing in the van? You can't just sit there, it isn't safe. They think the engine will blow up. No time to argue before they hung up. Fine. I have been driving in circles all day. Went from 0.2 gallon an hour idling to whatever this old transit burns through. 60 odd quid in fuel so far today. And haven't had any jobs. On call service. Going to be fun when I hand in the fuel card receipts. I'm very confused as to the way they think an engine works. If the engine doesn't ever blow up while you're under load, like as in when you're moving the vehicle and driving, going 100 miles an hour if you want to, or 160 kilometers an hour, then what is the logic behind thinking that it will blow up when it's sat idling, you know, under a very basic load? That said, do you guys think that OP's a jerk, heat wave be darned, that when the boss calls up and says, you can't just sit in the van, that OP chooses to just drive the van around and waste money instead of deal with the heat of the building and then intend to charge the company for that? Let me know if you think OP is a jerk for that or not in the comments down below. Our next story is from VV Tech, recent COVID and my work. So a couple weeks ago, right around the Independence Day holiday, my fiance and I weren't feeling the best. No big deal to me, just a bit under the weather, but she had it worse. She started worrying about it a bit, and with working healthcare as a receptionist at an urgent or acute clinic, deals with a lot of people worrying still about having COVID. So Wednesday, she decides to do an at-home test for herself. Lo and behold, she tests positive and texts me about it to see when I get off of my second shift job. Now for me, I work six days a week for a food manufacturing company that is perpetually short-staffed. Bad enough that I've been doing two people's jobs for the past three or so months, but at least getting paid accordingly, made sure of that, and with product that apparently the world cannot get enough of. So anyways, I got home and she just about pins me into my chair to give me the nose swab test. Not really, we were just clinging to our dorky sense of humor while being sick. Test says it takes up to 15 minutes for results, but it's already shown as quite positive after only two or three minutes. (sighs) Fine, I've caught the darned bug. So I call in to verify what the current policy is with a third shift supervisor, who can't recall since it's changed a few times. It's an HR problem at this point. No big deal for me. I'll call in the morning to check in with them. After talking over the phone, they tell me I have to come in to do a confirmation test with the in-house visiting nurse. Cool. I'll come in at 11am for this test to make them happy when I have a 1pm shift start. No malice yet, just covering my butt and trying to do the right thing. 
I come in the door after badging in, and as soon as the receptionist sees me and is fully aware of what I'm there for, she immediately directs me back outside into my car. Fault of the HR guy, he didn't give me much direction. I took no offense and waited in my car for the nurse to pop out to do the test. I get swabbed like an Egyptian mummy again, and she lets me know that she'll let HR know and give me a call with the test results within the next 20 or so minutes. Yet again, results are back lightning fast, and we get a call within 3 minutes. Fiance and I were watching a cool video I wanted to show her in the car before leaving with how long it'll take for the setup for our trip this fall to a Rammstein concert we're going to. She didn't believe me that it takes a whole week to set all of that up this year, even with a miniature army just for that, saying I'm definitely quite positive and to head home. HR will discuss with me what's going to happen from that point forward. So head HR guy calls and we have a discussion about what's going to happen, contact tracing, all of that paperwork stuff. Now, due to policy with starting symptoms on Tuesday, I would be mandatorily off work for the rest of the week, five days, and to see how I feel for the next five days. Masking up for the five days I would be back. Unfortunately, COVID pay had ended a few months ago, but at least there would be no attendance points against me for the entire time gone due to COVID. Cue malicious compliance. Just a day later of rest and fluids, I'm feeling fine enough. I focus on helping my fiancé feel better and just try to work on housework we've neglected while feeling under the weather. Monday morning rolls around and I feel just fine but just not like going in. Again, mandatory six-day work weeks are standard still, so I shrug, say screw it, and dial up the automated call-in system to report, nope, not coming in, I'm sick. Fiance learns about it and tries to be upset with me since it's not like me to call in sick when I'm not, but she can hardly be upset when she realizes I'm staying home to spend time with her. Once that sets in, I go and open up the box for the small inflatable pool that I got before everything started and got it all blown up and filled up. Some root beers chilled in the fridge and a couple unnecessary but fun inflatables and put them in the pool. Bringing her out on the back deck of our rental house, she was beyond thrilled that we did a fat load of nothing but soak up the sun and sip on her favorite soda. All in all, while she was still a bit under the weather, it was still the best day for us in a long time. While Tuesday still would have been sanctioned had I chosen to call in, the only problem was that I wasn't getting paid this whole week, so I did end up going back in. But the company saying no penalty for this round of sick time? Heck yes, I'll take it and sleep darn good. In the end, HR didn't care I called in on Monday, but I wasn't paid and here we are a few weeks later dealing with just another regular day of stuff going wrong and losing a drunk employee on top of it all. Side note, boss was none too thrilled as I called him directly on that first day as HR was already aware of my absence. I didn't have to do any calling in those first few days. But HR being HR, I had very little faith in their ability to inform proper management even by a simple email that an employee would not be in for the rest of the week. Lo and behold, call in 10 minutes before my scheduled start time, get a hold of him, and he had no idea. I could hear a small amount of worry in his voice as he had to find someone to cover my two positions while still keeping everything else running. When I finally came back on Tuesday, he was beyond thrilled I was back, and people could, more or less, go back to where they belonged and maintain our skeleton crew. 
Even if you're feeling fantastic, shouldn't you just stay home regardless? I don't know, I guess if you wait long enough while you're feeling fine. But this is also another one of those stories that just like cries an American. You catch COVID and you gotta stay home from work? You're not getting paid for that. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Sunk in the Sand. A minute for a snack is worth 15 minutes of your own time. This was a long time, back almost 10 years. I was working as an IT trainer, and it usually involved training Joe Blogs who just walked in off the street to work in a call center to do IT support for a private client. Other than doing the usual classroom bit, if there was a large induction, I'd get roped into doing floor walking and keeping the newbies right while team leaders spent the day staring at emails and trying not to end themselves. There was a newly promoted team leader who was a bit of a bully and had already caused a lot of trouble for higher-ups by trying to bark orders and get her way, which is never a good idea. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'd happily work through my morning and afternoon breaks to give the newbies help because it was mostly having a chat and making sure they didn't feel abandoned, which was nice. Because I usually work through the breaks, I'd sometimes have a snack or a bit of fruit as I went, and when it was reasonable. Q team leader mentioned earlier, she reminded me that snacks and eating were only permitted on breaks. Okay, no worries, I thought. At the time, I didn't have to log into any time management system, so I could take my breaks whenever it was suitable. So anytime I felt hungry, once in the morning and once in the afternoon, I grabbed a snack, sat down, and put a little card up saying, I'm on break, please speak to a team leader for assistance. The team leader mentioned was the nearest to the newbies, so of course they lined up to ask someone, who didn't know how to do their job, how to do their job. On the first day, there were one or two. The second day, the queue grew. The third day, the team leader asked when my breaks were, and I had to advise her it was when the business need was sufficient that I could adequately take my break without causing detrimental impact to the daily operations. The ops manager heard and giggled and knew I could take my break whenever I pleased. The following week, she gave up on emails as they started queuing throughout the day, even when I wasn't on break, and tried to find a deputy that could help between calls. Not long after that, I got bored of the role and moved sideways to second line support and got to keep helping the newbies and oldies while playing with more complicated stuff. I also got to have fun sending tickets back to the team leader with technical explanations as to why they were wrong and on a few occasions requesting escalation speak to them via their manager as they were wasting second line's time. 
BPS, the operations manager, and other team leaders were lovely people and all knew what was going on, and I continued to work with them and help them out at the drop of a hat. There may have been Haribo bribery involved. I mean, I guess it really only takes one disgusting person to kind of break these rules, but I'm definitely a firm believer that if you're doing your job and it doesn't impact your job in any way, that allowing your workers to snack or have snacks, especially like while they're doing their work, is not only reasonable, but kind of a humane thing. All it takes though is that one jerk who eats peanuts and leaves the shells and wrapper sheddings all over the floor or sunflower seeds all over the place. All it takes is that one dude for management to be like, sorry, no more snacks. You end up feeling like you got your middle school privileges taken away. This next story is from plogan56. Me and two other students complete our work. So I'm currently in college and last semester I was in a programming class, Java and C++. In the class, most students were serious about it, but there was a girl, let's call her Mia. She almost never does any work, but says she needs to pass for credits or something. Our teacher is very nice and always asks if everyone understands the material before proceeding. And I'm friends with two other students who want the same career as me. Two months into the class, her grades are bad, but ours are good, so the teacher decides to have a project to help boost grades. The project is to make four separate programs that work together to print out a certain message depending on the user input. The project is a four-person group, and guess who we're stuck with? We were given two weeks to finish and submitted as a zip file, and while planning, she never showed up to help. And when we texted her, she blocked us on the second day. So in class, we tried to talk to her about it, but she basically told us, if we don't do the project, we all fail. So do a good job. What? After that encounter, we all decided to complete our parts of the project and told the teacher about how she's not helping, but not to talk to her about it because we were going to give her a chance to help out. Spoiler alert, it never happened. The two weeks pass and we turned in our three programs about three days prior. And when the teacher handed out the grades, she had a freaking meltdown. She came to us demanding to know why we got A's, but she got an F. Our teacher calmly asked her to send him her program and he'd fix her grade. She had a bunch of excuses, even going as far as saying the three she turned in were hers and we just took credit for them. So he asked her to explain it, how the programs worked. She couldn't. He then scolded her for non-participation, blaming others, lying, etc. It ended with him asking her why she even took the class, as she could have taken another class that was more appropriate for her pathway. She showed up after that and dropped out of the class before the academic penalty period. Me and my friends passed the class and we're all taking a new one in the fall. Hope I don't see her again. Now I've heard plenty of stories where you get a group project and one person doesn't do anything or doesn't put any effort in, but I haven't heard too many stories where you get put in this group and they start actively just blocking everybody and straight up saying, essentially, I'm not doing it, do well for me, you make it way easier to just find any way to screw you over. And our final story of the day is from Hermit Krabby, Hospital Bill. For context, we live in the US. We get it, this only happens to us. We recently got a $4,000 hospital bill for an overnight stay with a minor surgery for our son. This was after our insurance paid $16,000. We got our secondary insurance to pay an additional $1,500, but had $2,500 left out of pocket. What now? 
While the hospital has a financial assistance program, we qualify. Hooray, right? Not right. They find out we have an FSA. Basically a credit card that can be only used for medical expenses. They want to wipe out the FSA before they'll look at our income. The FSA should really count as part of our annual income, but alas. My husband is pretty resigned to this and ready to fork over our whole FSA, but I'm pretty salty about it. We have a decent amount left on the FSA, but this is for all of our appointments for the year. We only have weeks to pay this bill or have it sent to collections, so not enough time to schedule a bunch of necessary appointments. I am determined not to let the entirety of this thing go to the hospital because I know if they looked at our income, the rest of the bill would probably be dropped or significantly reduced. What to do? I bought every FSA eligible item I could think of on Amazon that we may need over the next six months. Took about half of the FSA out in a week, just in time for our final notice, collections or payment plan. We pay with what we have left of the FSA. And then they finally run our numbers. Cue call that the rest of the bill is indeed dropped because we qualified for the reduction. You know that thing earlier I said where you cry in American? This is even more so. I've spent a lot of time talking to some awesome people that live in the UK. And every time I kick my feet back and think about how people turn down getting an ambulance to the hospital because they're worried about the $2,000 plus bill just from that ambulance ride, how you can go through a long, grueling process of surviving cancer, only to lose just about everything else in your life because you're bankrupt now. Needless to say, I love the healthcare system here. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another compliance story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 